Welcome once again to Inside LFC, the Max and Vince podcast, joining you from uh, the Performance Center in glorious eastern Los Angeles. Max Bretos, Vince LaRosa. We have put a bow on the 2022 regular season, and it ended with a, another Supporter Shield celebration. That felt pretty good. That felt awesome. Bittersweet. That felt part awesome. Yes. Yeah, that, that part was awesome. Uh, the game was rough. I enjoy, I did enjoy the game, and I know we'll, we'll get into it, and a lot of people are probably – you're either on one side or the other. You're super worried, or you're just like, that's fine. That's that's the way it goes. It's the MLS Cup playoffs. You should be worried. Things happen, and uh, generally the top seeds are not protected as well. The good news, even though they lost at home, LAFC have been excellent at Bank of California Stadium. And uh, I feel a little better, Vince, that they got a look at what could happen in the playoffs right. on the final game, as if to almost say, let's get that out of the way. Not that you can but now you know, okay, if things aren't working, we've got to uh, – we have a small window to be able to change things and get the result. Nashville played a certain way. I'm sure other clubs may follow suit. They may be playing Nashville again. Yeah, I think I, – I agree with you. I think that's smart to – that should have been, like, the first thing Steve said in the locker room, and it probably was. Hey, guys, do you see that? That's That could happen, so we need to be that much sharper. We need to execute that little bit better because in the playoffs it's going to get even tighter. But, I, yeah, I just – I looked at that game – and I thought to myself, you know, would I, what, what, what would I have taken? That game where they lose or a game where they just look disjointed and they fluke, them, fluke their way into a goal? That would leave me with less hope going into the playoffs. But I, I just think you play like that nine times out of ten, you're going to win games that you play like that. And they, they, that, that was a lesson in, in football. Like, that's the sport. That literally is the sport in a nutshell. And that's why it's so exciting. And that's why... To your point, like the number one seeds aren't really protected on purpose. Like MLS wants this. They want chaos Mayhem. because if it was like the, you know, the standard European leagues where you like, you know, Real Madrid or Barcelona or somebody are going to be in the top four and they're probably going to win it in a market where you've already got Real Madrid's and Barcelona's, then what's the point? So I think that that's that's a big selling point for them. Although I would say back it off a little bit, maybe maybe a little less parody at times. But that's a whole nother. That's that's way down the line. We don't have to talk about that now. The, uh, you, hopefully you don't get into a performance like Joe Willis either, who set a or tied an MLS regular season record for saves without conceding a goal. It was like 14 saves. 14. So uh, pretty uh, pretty startling. So we'll go over that game a little bit. We'll also give you a, a map as to what lies ahead for LAFC. We remind you to rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend about Inside LAFC MVP podcast. This week's special guest, we're going to be looking at the development of uh, younger players and speak to Mitchell Monahan, who is the assistant GM of the Las Vegas Lights. They're wrapping up their season. Mm-hmm. Much better campaign. They're on course for a playoff spot, but we'll talk to him about the Lights and what's coming around the corner with MLS Next Pro. Some exciting stuff in the development, not only for LFC, but local players, which we're all waiting with bated breath. That great next Los Angelino talent that can wear the black and gold. I'm really excited. We've wanted to have Mitchell on for a while, and you guys have enjoyed episodes where we kind of pull the curtain back and give you the nuts and bolts of how things happen, and Mitchell's really good about that. I will say this, number one fan of the podcast. He'll send Max and I pictures of him on the road with Las Vegas Lights listening to our podcast, which is very cool. What a weirdo. What? Yeah, what a weirdo. <laughs> of all the podcasts you could listen to. Uh, another funny thing was last week before Steve came out to do the final show, I was just chatting with Mitchell, and he goes, I go, yeah, you, you know, we got to get you on the show, but you guys, we were talking about Vegas Lights, and he's like, yeah, we have an outside shot to get in, but we've done so much better than we have. And he goes, just think, last year, we didn't do so well. We had Steve Trundle, he comes to this team, and he, he wins a supporter shield. He goes, 
So if Enrique could do so much better, what if Enrique came and he took over LAFC and then Steve walked out and Mitchell goes, hey, Steve, some guy was just talking about, man, what would it be like if Enrique coached LAFC, how much better, even better they could be because he made Las Vegas lights so much better. And Steve, go, Steve was a good sport about it. But I was like, Mitchell, I'm about to talk. Yeah. I'm about to do something with him. Don't throw me under the bus. Well, it just goes – we'll talk about Steve Trillo's role there, but it just goes to show. I mean, we thought about that last year, and it didn't seem – it seemed disjointed, but it wasn't. And now you see that it did uh, provide a service, a very important one, in finding the next coach who should be the coach of the year. People are getting cute out there, and I'm, I'm encouraging people who vote for the MLS Awards, don't get cute. What Steve Chirondolo did is more than deserving to be the coach of the year. I fear that he won't win it because some will say, well, Austin turned around, big turnaround in FC Cincinnati. Phil Neville got Inter-Miami going. What Steve Chirondolo did with this player base is, I've never seen anything like it. When did it become such a thing for everyone to put out what how they voted? Could you have gone on Twitter like when when was it was it monday everyone was putting out their hey yeah. this is how i voted i don't care i hate voting on these things yeah i don't i don't I care don't. i really don't i'm care. always the last one to do it and i'll go okay i'll get around to it and they don't make it easy because they show like defender years like 80 guys can we trim this down a bit can we trim it a wee bit i mean well every team gets there's to nominate, guys every team gets to nominate i think one or two players that they think should make it to the final ballot i think that's why it happens i mean there's teams that allow like 60 goals and they have guys on there i go i got just it's about me as i like to say so we have a very nice guest you want to stick around there we'll learn a little bit more about an area of lafc that you and i and vince probably don't know enough and that's what we're here for so uh we'll talk about the cup playoffs they'll begin this weekend lafc against an opponent to be determined that's a big story because it could be the team they just played nashville sc or it could be the la galaxy We'll leave that for a little bit later, but I'm sure, I mean, everyone's well aware Yeah, we'll have of time that. to talk about that. We'll have time to talk we'll about We'll let them work that out, and then we'll talk about it. It was a, it was a disappointing game, and I don't want to dwell too much on it. It was a, a celebration of a season, lifting the supporter shield for LAFC. Now they prepare for the playoffs, but as we, we kind of touched on about what you can learn from that experience, and I, I'm positive they could. We always have that cliche where uh, now he has some video footage to show his team about what to do what not to do the good news for LAFC we saw Franco Escobar come back he's training again had that scary moment but everyone by and large is ready to go so yes this is the team there's a lot of options they had uh, I think when we look at the concerns of Nashville it's about breaking down teams their expected goals after the first half were 2.5 which means they're expected to score five goals it dropped down a lot but uh, it is certainly there and you want to get into good habits and the LAFC now have 10 days are you worried a little bit about the break is it a little too the much the break worries me with rhythm and that's why they wanted to play so well in that final game despite the result they wanted to do the things that Steve has kind of on his checklist of I think the team is playing to their potential if they hit these marks and by and large from from all the stats that I've seen they've exceeded that this was probably in terms of a stat game other than the goals was the biggest win for stats that this team has had. And I'm talking about like progressive carries. I'm talking about box entries, obviously shots on target. Like they were dominant. And, and I'll put it this way. If you're Nashville, how do you look at that game? Because you could look at it this way. We got, we got dominated. The other team controlled the game, controlled the ball. They peppered us with shots, and we still found a way to win. And I'm sure that's how they're going to look at it. But you could also look at it this way. If Joe Willis doesn't have a great game, 
we're packing our bags and it's a and it's not just a uh you know a one nil loss it's three four to one and man that's an embarrassing way to go out of the playoffs so it's it's all in the way you kind of look at it but again i i just my philosophy and this might not be yours uh you know some people's philosophy is you just find a way to win mine is if you're doing things that are recreatable uh and that normally lead to a good result that's probably the best thing that you want to see from your team obviously at the end of the day you still want the results but in a game that didn't matter for standings and they could have maybe done a lot of experimenting. I'm actually glad that they went out there, put really the team that you kind of are assuming is going to start in that first playoff game, and they looked good. Got a lot of players in there, got some minutes for Christian Teo, which I think was very valuable. It was a good chunk. I mean, he came in at the first half, so he gets mm -hmm. to uh, he gets to be able to show what he can do in the biggest cameo he has had. I would also add, Vince, that because of the way that game went, when you look at future opponents, I think I would like Nashville. I think LAFC, the law of averages at the very least suggests that can't really happen again. Famous last words, I know, but that's why I would encourage uh, maybe Nashville to win that game on Saturday mm -hmm. against the LA Galaxy. We'll talk about that. By the way, this see this weird rain. I'm sorry, my my allergies are kicking up a little bit. I don't know why, just because the rain. If you get allergies this time of year, mm -hmm. but it was raining at Dodger Stadium. I was in the South Bay. I was like, well, we don't get any rain. And then it curled around, and then it shot down rain here. I thought it would be raining up here in uh, Alhambra adjacent. Nope. But uh, no rain no, and no clouds. I've been, we have. been here for a little while. I'm always here, you know, a couple hours before the superstar shows up. And, uh, no a couple rain. hours. Yeah, a couple. I got a lot of, got a lot of loose ends I got to tie up so that you can just walk in here and be like, man, didn't we have a great day, guys? And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what happens in the background. I was trying to set you up a different way with that question, but uh, I guess that's what you get. <laughs> you were trying to set me up in a good way? Yeah. Liar. So, uh, who do you. Anything different about what LAFC was able to do that game that uh, gets you excited, maybe gets you a little concerned, just with the player grouping? I mentioned Teo, and I think the passing was really exciting. Mm hmm. Even when they went down to find different alternatives to try and break down Nashville, you always look for that. Maybe they put their heads down. They did not. Mm -hmm. A lot of positives in that sense. Latif gets a chance to start. Uh, Sifu coming off the bench. Again, a good c contribution from the bench. Certainly Mahala. And I think that's going to be something that's going to terrify opponents yeah. in the postseason. It's been consistent all season long. And then uh, Denny Buwanga. I mean, there has been there has been a flurry of activity about Denny Bowanga not getting his getting the chances and not converting them, and there was that one where he broke through. I would imagine that's coming along. I mean, it's not a negative, but it's like something that you would like to build off. Again, of. chance creation will always eclipse, especially in the no small creation. sample size. And this is a super small sample size. I will take that over him getting five chances total and scoring all five goals and then being these incredible highlight reel goals. You want things that are recreatable. So I thought Danny Buonga was a bright spot despite not scoring. And I think you're alluding to, to Matt Doyle, who I will remind you guys, it's bait. A little bit of it's bait. He's trying to bait you guys. Don't do it. Uh, he's having fun with Don't it. Don't do it. He's having fun with it. He even put up something from American Soccer Analysis. And Harrison Crow, who is one of the uh, analysts and one of the people that helps run that site, said, maybe we should take this down from this site <laughs> if this is the way you're looking at it. And he goes, well, where's my fun? Uh, no, I would say Danny Bongo's bright spot, the way that uh, Giorgio Chiellini uh, took care of Hani Mukhtar, who I think is the MVP oh, of the league. Mukhtar was a non-factor. Um, and he did it you know, in, in a lot of different ways. I think just the control that they had on the game. For the most part, I mean, when they did get scored on, the game was getting a little more stretched, and Steve did not like that. But 
by and large, they were a compact unit all within about 30 yards, connecting passes, going down as a unit, and then when they would lose the ball, recover the ball quickly. I mean, really, Nashville's only outlet was to send it long and hope to win a second ball. And Giorgio and Eddie were on top of it, getting the ball back, getting pressure back in there. So I think if we see that, and let's add this layer to it, Nashville's a good defensive team. Yeah. So if you're able to create that much against a Nashville, imagine what you could do against maybe an FC Dallas or a Galaxy if you have to come up against them. I don't think this is, again, you want to win those games, but I don't think this is a sign that they're trending in the wrong direction. No, not at all. A good set-piece team, and that's where eventually their goal came from. In uh, Those will be important in the playoffs, yeah, obviously. I, not a, a ton of clean sheets down the road, but I feel very confident about the LAFC defense. They may give a goal here and there. We saw it against Portland. We saw it here against Nashville. But defensively, cohesive, strong, uh, able to get upfield when they need to. It's a group that um, will determine, because Jesus Murillo was suspended, whether he jumps in there. And I think we agreed on the last podcast. It depends on the opponent. Yeah. But uh, Giorgio Chiellini and Eddie Segura look very good. They look great. And they, they like I said, they were kind of trading off on who was going to cover the, the, the out man, who was going to be the guy that steps into the play. They can both play a pass, which is very good. So that's that's very important. It, that's we keep We've been saying this probably for the past – Four weeks. That's probably Steve's toughest decision. Is who do you pair with Giorgio Chiellini in that in that back? That's line. a good question. What is the toughest decisions going in there? Center That's back probably for me. the top center back. I would agree because I think the front three now: Buanga, Chicho, Vela. It picks itself as long as they're they're healthy. I do think Latif had a very good game, but ultimately Sifu's still the yeah. the guy there. So the midfield doesn't really change for me. Uh, Franco is back, but he's missed so much time. So I think Hollingshead has that right back spot. Um, locked in and of course cheeky's been best 11 quality so i thought he was really good and i, I saw that game correctly because he was continuing to attack and he was continuing to find space maybe the crosses didn't go in very compact nashville group it was hard to find space they stayed organized but cheeky coming from those wide positions i thought was pretty uh was pretty was was tremendously effective mm -hmm. it was just not the final the final touch the left side was, i mean that was where boanga was kellen was getting out there and helping out with a lot of uh you know recycling the ball and getting it back uh yeah i think cheeky that was one of cheeky's better games good so heads up got to lift the supporter shield and uh the fans and the players were out there for a long time it was quite the uh it wasn't october uh, it wasn't 2019 by any means but it was very special and i was wondering mm -hmm. how the players reacted and they were thrilled and having that moment and I saw the post today. It was the first trophy or title for Denny Buanga. Oh, great. I mean, that's no minor yeah. minor detail whatsoever. So excellent uh, Sunday afternoon. That was October 9th. And then we talk about the layoff or the gap. And they won't play until October the 20th against either Galaxy or Nashville, who will have played. They have a nice little stretch. They'll go five days, five days about. Yeah, that's, that's nice games. for them. That's nice. It's not three days where you're going to get stretched. Five days should certainly do well, and that's probably a flaw in the system of the MLS Cup playoffs. So, I'm telling you, there are no flaws. They want this. They want. They this. want the chaos. I like it's. Look, it, it's better that they able to give the the top seed. That's definitely incentive. You don't want to be in this first round. It's madness. We've seen so many high seeds get knocked out at an early stage. So this is good. And now LAFC will, if they make MLS Cup, will have three home games at Bank of California Stadium, but I don't want to put the cart before the horse. We're all talking about it. Some people bringing up, hey, where's the parade going to be? I'm like, quiet. Right. Pipe down. Don't talk about a parade. Let's get through. Let's win a playoff game, and then we'll start talking about things. Yes. It's been an incredible season.
But as the players and the coaches have pointed out, it's about winning MLS Cup. Hopefully they can complete it. If they do that, this will go down as one of the, the best teams in this league's history. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the future, what lies ahead. Nashville will travel to the Galaxy. The This Nashville team potentially could be in L.A. for three straight weeks. I saw some Nashville fans on the way out, and I was like, hey, did you guys have a good time? He's like, yeah. We kicked your boot. And I'm like, what? They're new. Where did that come from? They're new. They're excited. I They're said, excitable. Welcome. They're new. I hope you had a great time. <laughs> that is it. His chest puffed out, uh, and good luck. But we've talked about this. In 2019, I wanted to play the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And I said I would And you got them. You got them. And we had a famous moment. And mm -hmm. then earlier on here, we were looking at potential opponents, and Galaxy National were five, but there was a good chance that got moved around. Mm hmm but there it is. It remained four and five. And in the last week or so, I'm like, I don't want a galaxy this time around. If we get them, it will be spectacular. This city will obviously absorb it. Arash Markazi actually tweeted something that yep. said, at the same time, it would be LAFC and the Galaxy, which would be 7 o'clock local, and Lakers Clippers right up the street at 7 o'clock. Which is, I believe, how it went. Back in 2019, that Lakers Clippers opened up their opening day or their opening That's night. Right, it sounds well. familiar. So this could be a wild day, and we want wild, but we also want the passage. I would stay to the fact that while it's not as sexy, Nashville coming into the stadium winning twice is folly, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And you've got a good look about what's going on. The Galaxy, in the rivalry's uh, history. It's all about what you have that your opponent doesn't. And the one thing that the Galaxy has is they've never lost at home Dignity Health Sports Park to LAFC. Mm -hmm. That's not going to change here. So if LAFC wins, they're supposed to win. If the Galaxy spoil it, again, I want to see it 100%, but just for my own sanity, I think, bring on Nashville. How do, how do you see it? You know me. I just don't. Because it's like you said, there's so much that goes into this that isn't the game. Uh, and it's the game within the game, I suppose, or the narratives and things like that. And after a while, it just gets tiring. Uh, but I know that there is a – it's funny because there's a lot of Galaxy fans saying, oh, you guys don't want to play us. And I'm like, actually, there's a wide swath of LAC fans that are like, come on back here, we'll send you back home like we did in 2019. So I would say it's, it's you're one way or the other. I don't think there's a, uh, a majority. It's probably 50-50 want to play them, 50-50, you know, don't. Um, I don't. Because, again, I just want to see. It gets heavy. It yeah, gets really heavy. It gets, it, yeah. And this is about LAFC. It's not about the, the L.A. rivalry, whatever you want to call right. it. This is about LAFC this season. And I like talking about the games, and I feel like we never get to talk about the game. It's always about effort or wanting it more, and that's stuff that I can't really – unless we get all, you know, 15 players from each team that played like and said, did you want it more? We, how are you going to know? Of course they want it. Like, I, I, I just – it's hard for us to analyze those games. So I'd rather have games we can analyze. But if they do come here and we beat them, then even better. First two games of the season, down in Carson, Galaxy won it. LAFC didn't play, didn't look like the team that we saw throughout the season. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of a concerning. But you, you put it out. This is an experienced squad. They'll be ready for whatever challenge. And it would be an incredible event, just like 2019, where that, that venue, Bank of California Stadium, Everyone was in there, packed to the brim, celebrities, beautiful people. Mm -hmm. The 32-52, all the way up to 11. Uh, who wouldn't want to see that again? But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And let's go play. So the 15th through the 17th are the opening round games. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of games. What is it? 12 teams for six spots. Correct. 
So six games, if my, my math is correct. Yeah. And then you get down to the semifinals, which will be the 20th and the 23rd. Mm -hmm. And then it'll all go on October 30th for the conference finals. And November 5th will be MLS Cup. So you have it mapped out. So Max just planned out your calendar for you. Yep. Uh, the you game go. against uh, Nashville or Galaxy will be the 20th on FS1, 7 o'clock local time, if you can't make it down to the stadium. And the opponent will determine how, how that stadium certainly will look like. The uh, Anything for homework-wise, LAFC, what you'd like to see them do as they get ready for this stretch? Remember, remember, there was no playoffs last season. There was a huge turnover. Neither LA team made it. No Texas team made yeah. it. And this time it's LAFC 1, Austin 2, Dallas 3, Galaxy 4. The Cascadia teams all missed out. Mm -hmm. All three of them made it last year. So you really have a whole new kettle of fish. The homework is with this much time off to make sure you're putting enough in, getting enough workload in training, getting enough pressure uh, that when you reach this game on the 20th, you're still in some kind of rhythm. That's the only, I mean, that's the only thing. They know what they have to do. They're not going to change styles. Ta tactics probably aren't going to change too much, although they'll go over whoever the team they're playing against in little ways that they can uh, find advantages. But at the end of the day, these guys have to come out here and train like every day is going into a game soon because it's got to feel that way. they got to feel that under their legs. And you don't want to come out sluggish in a playoff game because you could go down easily and then never be able to recover. Come out sharp. And again, LAFC had a chance to get a first half goal. They didn't. That's something that they want to alleviate, certainly in the postseason. Get your noses out front. You're almost unstoppable when you lead games. And although it wasn't the case against Nashville, you're such a good second half team. You are what you are for the most part. And LAFC hopefully can fill into those, those situations to have an effective playoff run. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be nerve wracking. But what a great position to be for the black and gold. Top of the pops heading into the Western Conference playoffs. Anything else to cover, or should we? No, I think it's time to get to our guests. Just, I'm really excited about our I guests. I would love to talk about the playoffs, yeah. but what can, you, what can we? This will be better. This second, I mean, this that, not that that first segment wasn't good, but we're speculating on a lot. Let's let's get to our guests. Let's let's uh, give the people some information. And I we, we were remiss. We didn't mention that uh, maybe some people in Vegas would like to listen to this. Yes, fans of the Las Vegas Lights, just fans out there, you uh, tune in. This is a... Uh, this is a podcast for the masses. Yes. Everyone's welcome. And you can see it on YouTube. You can have the audio component. We have you covered. When we return, our special guest, assistant GM from the Las Vegas Lights, the very successful Lights, heading or hoping for a playoff spot this weekend against LA Galaxy 2. If you want to uh, rumble up the, uh, the rivalry, there you have it. Coming up this weekend. Mitchell Monahan, and we'll talk about the development of young players in this city of Los Angeles. This is Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. We are back here inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, now joined by the self-proclaimed number one fan. Why are you laughing? Because it's true. The self-proclaimed number one fan of the pod? Yeah. You've listened to every one of them? Uh, except for the last week and a half. He just told us he's seen every episode of The Office wow. three times through. Can't listen to a pod, 45 minutes. All right. Yeah. No, big fan of the show. A lot of trips to Vegas, so a lot of uh, a lot of time to kill. So, if you had to guess, to how many people traveling to Vegas are listening to the Max and Vince podcast? It's a lot. It's a lot. Too yeah. many to count. Our bus, we take about uh, twenty-five people. So at max, twenty-five people every single time. Could you make sure they all tune in on different devices? Did so you go down the numbers? bus and just? Check. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, good. yeah. We, we've got checks going on. We're making sure that we're on the YouTube page, that we're on Spotify. So. We got it covered. Mitchell slash Mitch Monahan, assistant to the GM 
assistant general manager for the Las Vegas Lights, uh, assistant to the GM. Semantics, yes. So uh, this has been an incredible. I mean, we saw the Las Vegas Lights last year, and it was, it was, it was fast tracked, and it wasn't your typical feeder club, for lack of a, a better uh, expression. When you look back now, it's where Steve Gerinello got his start. And people at the beginning of the season, it's incredible what you, you can think about when they were looking at all these 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 uh, potential candidates. And they're like, well, Steve Gerinello's had one season. It wasn't that great for the Las Vegas Lights. Now you've kind of got some good traction. But let's go back a little bit from the beginning and how you saw that and how it's been able to develop to uh, a well-oiled machine that's playing this weekend with a chance to make the USL playoffs. Yeah, so the the idea behind the partnership between LFC and the Las Vegas Lights was really came about at the end of uh, 2021 or 2020, where we had a lot of new homegrown signings. We had guys like Eric Duenas, Christian Torres, Tony Leone, and the goal was to get those guys minutes. So obviously, there's only a certain amount of minutes that can go to the first team every single week, and so we thought that this partnership would be a good idea to to be able to go ahead and get those guys minutes where they could train with the first team every single day, but then they could come and get actual game minutes with us. Um, and then, yeah, that, that progressed into signing players straight to USL contracts, guys like Danny Trejo, Danny Chrysostomo, and get those guys ready so that uh, they, could be co- they could come in and help the first team when needed. We saw that this year with some loans and some eventually some full signings with Danny Trejo. Um, and then, yeah, and then last year with Steve Torundolo, working with him all year was fantastic to see his progression coming from Germany back into the U.S. and see him operating with Bob and within the club and progressing to where he's at has been great. Um, and then how he transitioned, Enrique Duran, the assistant coach from last year, our head coach this year, and Enrique's been a big part of our success, not only from the USL side, but down from the academy and bringing those academy players up into the USL side of things. So it's been a great experience for the last two years. You know, as Max said, the first year kind of rough, this year a, a big change. And somebody actually asked me, was there a philosophy change? And I said, I don't, I don't think so. I, and you can speak better on this. I, I don't think there's been a philosophy change. Is there anything you can kind of like zero in on and how you were able to kind of win more games uh, this year and, and have just kind of a more of a consistency? Yeah, uh, last year it was a huge learning curve for us. Um, one of our main goals this offseason was to get a little bit more mature and try and build some, bring some pieces in to help around, surround our younger guys to help with their development. So that has helped. Um, that, I, I would say that's the biggest factor is bringing in some more mature players. We brought in guys who were, who were in the league, um, guys like Deco Keenan, Alex Lada, um, even some college players that we brought in this year who are a little bit more mature from their physical standpoint, Morton Bjorschel. Guys like that really helped up, uh, really helped true up our back line. Mm-hmm. But then also we had progression from guy like Tony Leone, another year in the league for a Jaime. Um, guys like that, you know, it, it's, that was a big help with this year. And the guys we assigned last year, Danny Chris Osimo, Danny Trejo, Kyle Jennings, are coming down from the first team to help out. Like all these guys have, have really made it what made our success this year possible. But the player profile, the style of play are still distinctly UFC. Or UFC. LAFC. Did you say UFC? I have USL plus LAFC in my head, and I got UFC. Uh. There you go. <laughs> there you go, people. Okay, this is how it happens. No, but it's still distinctly LAFC from top to bottom, right? That's that's where I think people are like, well, maybe they just decided to play four four two, and they're doing that. I don't. I, I no. Yeah, right? there are some changes that we have. It's not it's not purely identical. Um, a lot of the stuff is we do have to adjust to our opponents. It's a very mature league in itself. The average age of the USL is twenty eight. Um, our average age is like 21 and a half. Wow. And so we do have to adjust to opponents. Um, 
but the, the there are general concepts there that we are trying to instill into the players, whether that's in training every single day or certain pressing concepts for the games that uh, Enrique is trying to get guys into that mindset. So when they come out into into first team trainings or they you see them in first team games, it's not completely aloof of what's going on. Mm -hmm. They have a general sense of, hey, this is how we're going to press, and these are those kind of moments. I'd like to ask you about that that first group of. Uh, academy players everyone knows Christian Torres Tony Leone you mentioned them Eric Duenas who's had his injury issues is healthy now Nathan Ordaz came along a little bit later now uh, their hopes are to play for LAFC as we have seen this is a very difficult team to crack so we haven't seen their development as we may have seen a couple years ago how have you seen them from last year to this year and where they've grown yeah um, I would say obviously jumping from the academy up into the first team it's a huge learning curve and so that was the kind of goal of this entire team was to be that bridge between the academy into the first team. Um, and so a lot of it is getting them, again, the best way to develop is getting game minutes. You can train so much, but if you're not getting those moments to try those actions in the games, then it's not going to work for your development that well. So uh, this, the last year for those guys and coming into this year, again, more consistent game times, more minutes played. You've been able to see their development. Um, yeah, it's hard to break into the first team with the guys that we have on, but uh, you know it's been a, it's been a good year for those guys and, and continuing into next season to see them. Hopefully, the idea is that they can come here, they can develop, and once we get them fully involved into the first team and they're getting regular minutes that they can stay there and they're not coming back down. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a fan and I hear just like, wow, this player got signed, and you're like, I'm excited. But they don't see everything that you guys are doing with them, training in, in and out, uh, obviously not just training, but they're adding like strength training, their nutrition, their diet, all kinds of things. Like what, what should they start to think when they're like, like you t take us through, like guy gets signed, then they end up under your watch. Like, what are they? What are the next steps that you're helping them progress? What are you looking at? Yeah, the biggest thing for us is um, once these guys are signed. Yeah, it's really getting them really, really involved in the gym, trying to get them up because again, this league, the USL, is it's a it's a men's league. It's very mature. Physical demands. Sir. Yes, and so these guys coming from our U19 teams or U17 teams, it's definitely a it's more physical for them so we need to get them on a strength plan nutrition is something we're starting to work a lot more on with these guys again being a reserve team we kind of have limited budget in areas but these are all things we're really trying to focus on to get these guys up and so that a you know a, a progression for these guys or if they're signed to a homegrown deal or going future into mls next pro deals it's to really get them to start this lifestyle of being a professional of okay you've got to really think about how you're going to start taking care of your body okay after training are you literally just going home and sitting on your couch or are you going to sit and you're going to do yoga you're going to do stretching are you going to watch video are you going to watch the training session um it's all these things now that hey it's you're, you've got to not only take your game up to the next level but you got to take your body to the next level you've got to take the mentality of training and situations in those training sessions and applying them to games everything you're you have to take the next level and so our goal is to get that progression started and so that they soon are full-fledged full fledged first-team players. Well, you and I have had these talks. There's a lot of guys that come here, and uh, they've been the best player on their team forever and ever. And then they show up to your team, and maybe they're still one of the best players on the team, but then they go up against a guy that's 28 years old, 29 years yeah. old, and they learn quickly that, yeah, you can't just go home and play video games all day. Maybe you should be watching some tape. Maybe you, you, you have to become a professional very quickly. Wait, do you ask them? Go, do you go home and sit on the couch? And they're like, uh, no, I'm doing yoga. And, You're like, bad answer. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm you going to tape. You kind of have an idea of what guys are doing when they're when they're not around the facility, but that's one thing we talk about a lot is um, no matter if you're jumping from the academy to the USL, USL, MLS, MLS into Europe, 
everyone that talks about is it, everything's quicker. So at some point, like everything's going to be faster. The windows you have to hit are smaller. Your, your decision-making has to be quicker. And so uh, you might be the best player on the U19 team, but as soon as you come up to the USL, you could be very successful, but now you've got to think, uh, this guy's coming down my back so close. Like, how am I going to go ahead and make this turn or check this window? So everything's just got to be a lot quicker. And, and that not only from the academy to the USL, um, but it will be from USL up into MLS or USL up into MLS. And just to follow up with Vince saying, it, players want to be the best they can possibly be. And I guess they have to be really focused on what they should be doing to achieve that and say, okay, I'm going to play soccer every day. I'm going to get my fitness up. But hearing it from you guys, you know, you got to do this. And you mentioned yoga or you mentioned watching tape. And you've noticed it from these guys that um, how much they're willing to listen to that, to know what is expected. Because they know what's expected, but how to make the most of four or five hours they might have in a day to take that step towards where they want to get. Yeah, uh, again, it's all about a learning curve. So what they've been able to do in the last couple of months or years at the academy, at the academy, it's taking that next, it's taking that next step and, and trying to add to your game. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a big part of our coaching staff, try, coaching staff trying to get them to, to realize, like, we can tell you these things. We want you to do these things. But these players need to realize that for me to have a long career and a successful career, I need to go above and beyond to do these things. Let's talk a little bit about just the team specifically. You are going into a big weekend. Still need a little bit of help, but you are. it's a rivalry game yep. uh, for people. They can go watch the game at Galaxy's uh, facility. It's actually – it will be played at the home stadium, but okay. they don't allow fans for the second-team games. Wow. Yeah. So okay. you can catch it out on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+. Yep. Plus. yep. Check it out on ESPN+. Plus. So, yeah, big week for us. Um, this past weekend, we had a really big win against Miami FC, um, and big hats off to, to the organization, Enrique Duran, Stephen Campos, Omar Zini, our coaching staff, and, and our support staff, Ethan Duffy, Madison Gomez, Kyle Lair, um, the entire team together and, and the players, we were able to make, do, have a really successful year this year. Last week, uh, last week, our win was our 12th win of the season, which breaks a franchise record. We're currently sitting at 44 points, which is another franchise record. There's been a lot of records this year that we've broken, whether it's uh, sh amount of shutouts, back-to-back -back shutouts, back-to-back -back wins, three three wins in a row. A lot of things have, uh, have gone well. These are lights records. These are lights, lights records. are yep. going back beyond last mm -hmm. year. Yep. So uh, it's just been a really good year. And, again, uh, another year of us trying to figure out how to navigate this league and what our competition is like. So... Uh, it, it's been a great year for us, and hopefully we can end on a strong note with a win at the Galaxy, which, yeah, we need some help with some of the other USL teams. Um, it would be a great uh, way to end the season of if we can make a push into playoffs. It would be the first time the Lights have made, made it to playoffs, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, put these players in situations to, uh, you know, the whole point, again, was to get these guys experiencing big games and games like this. So mm -hmm. uh, when they – do come and eventually play for the first team that they have some a taste of it what it's like to play in a derby or into you know there's real consequences if we don't win this weekend so well if they're tuning in for for the first time I mean obviously they'll see somebody like Cal Jennings we all know Cal Jennings and he's been a great scorer for your team but can you tell people kind of what they should be looking for and again this is all under the pretense that they're going to play a lot like LAFC but there's going to be these little changes and maybe there's a 
maybe there's a strength in the lights team that's a little bit different than what the strengths are for for LAFC. So can you tell them kind of what to look for? Yeah, I would say the biggest the biggest difference from our teams is outside of the player personnel. You know, Danny Trejo, Cal Jennings. You get to see guys like Christian Torres, Eric Duenas, Tony Leone. You have some USL contract guys that have been there all year. Frank Daroma, Alex Lada. Delco Keenan, Morton Bjorschel, Mohamed Traore, guys like this. These guys are grinders. We've had to grind out games all year long. And so for that, you're going to see a a huge work rate. Obviously, with LAFC, we're a very successful team. We lead a lot of games. Our games are a lot of dogfights. And so it's been a, it's a lot of grind and it's a lot of grit from these guys. And so it's a lot of back and forth is what you what you'll see for with watching our games. Yeah, good background there. What, what's what the challenge has been with for, L, for Las Vegas? It's not, it's, you, you guys drive out there, you got the bus, right? Yeah. So you're here most of the, the, your week, but you go there for games. What's been the, the, the good and the bad? Yeah, I, I don't think people realize our situation is pretty unique in, in the professional sports environment where we all live in Los Angeles. Um, we train at the LAFC training facility, uh, but then yeah, we bus out to Vegas before every home game. Uh, so we'll leave, if a game's on a Saturday, we'll leave Friday morning, we'll go train there. We'll play the game Saturday night, and you know it's not—it's it, not like the first team where we can jump on a charter flight and come back right after the game. You know, we get up back on a charter bus, we come back, we get back to the facility Sunday morning uh, around 4 a.m., and so every game for us is essentially an away game, mm-hmm. and so it, we are asking a lot of these players to to be able to go to Vegas, turn around times are really quick, jump back on a bus after playing 90 minutes, and so those are those are some challenges that have been unique to us this year. But, I mean, hats off to these guys. Uh, they've had this mentality of no excuses all year. It's something the coaching staff has instilled in them, and they, they haven't let it affect them. So they are definitely tired at stages, but like I said, they grind, and they're, they're, they're very fun to watch. Imagine going to Vegas all those times, seeing the strip, the shows, and having to come right back. Yeah, man, I know you're a big Cirque du Soleil guy, and you don't get to see any of those. <laughs> you got to come right back at 4 a.m., it's uh, from, amazing. From time to time, I do get to see uh, you out and about on your social media, maybe going for a hike with Enrique or doing things like that. So that you get a little bit of leisure time. Yeah, this actually this past week we had a, a postponed game that was rescheduled. So we had a week long in Vegas where it was the longest time we had spent there. And so it was our first time that we could actually try and get out and, and enjoy the city. And so, yeah, the coaching staff went out on a hike one day uh, in Red Rock Canyons, which was really cool. Right. And so... Um, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was a good trip for us to, you know, bond as a staff. But again, we, we are with each other. We say this all the time at professional sports. You, your family is everyone here at the PC because you're st- typically spending more time with them than you are your actual family. Um, but yeah, Vegas has been good. It's essentially a second home. Like I said, we're there every weekend or every other weekend. And so we've got some good spots out there that we like to go to. But uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, ne- uh, transitioning into next year. I'm moving over to MLS Next Pro for uh, for a lot of us staff, so it'll be interesting. What to a see. segue! Yeah, so uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It, it's been a fun last two years, um, but yeah, looking forward to getting ready and, and working on MLS Next Pro and LAFC too. Before we segue to MLS Next Pro, I want to add that it's not just the players that have it difficult. You might be watching this, you're like, hey, Mitchell's a young man. Maybe one day I could be assistant to the GM of Las Vegas Lights. What are you, 28, 27? I just turned 30. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. It's a not lot, just, a lot of gray hair for thirty. Right. You got no gray hair. Well, it's not just the soccer knowledge and, and ability to to find players and identify players, but Mitchell does everything for this team because, at, like you said, there's some budget challenges, and stuff just has to get done. And you are one of those guys that just gets stuff done. And I, I just I I would 
tell you that if you're like, I, I, I just want to do that, you better be ready. Because he could tell, he could share with you some things that he's had to do that I you don't think you would ever think you, yeah, you're an the assistant guy, GM would be doing. You're the guy looking for some lost luggage, whatever yeah, it is. I appreciate that. Um, when I, when people reach out to me for informational interviews and want to work in in sports, I, I tell them, especially at the lower division, you've got to be willing to wear multiple hats. Uh, you've got to be able to help out in in multiple ways because it's all hands on deck, and it's not just it's not just me. It's Enrique Duran, our head coach, it's our assistant coaches, our equipment manager. Our athletic trainer, our team admin, everyone is having to pull uh, is, is to pull their own weight plus some more, and so um, it's definitely yeah. These bus rides have been uh, have been killer on my back, um, <laughs> and, and theirs as well. And you know our families also take a toll from that. Um, you're getting back at 4 a.m. and being tired all day Sunday, and it's uh, one of our days off. Right. And so, I mean, if you had a Class A license, you'd be driving the bus, huh? You know, I have offered to drive the bus before, um, but yes, I was. They definitely turned me down on that real quickly. As they as they probably should. I'm just saying, don't get that because then they'll be like, "Wait, you got that now? Yeah, great. That's one less thing we have to pay. Mitchell <laughs> can drive the bus too. Yeah, don't show too much. Yeah, don't don't. But how excited? So now to segue to MLS Next Pro, uh, how excited are you for the transition and kind of? I mean, it looks like MLS is really taking it seriously, and I say this from the vantage point of having been out at All-Star and seeing Max Bredos calling the MLS Next Pro, like, All-Star game. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when I when you did that, I, I, I the players are on the field. Five or six of those guys already have played for the senior teams or got deals with a club in Europe. There's Diego Rossi, uh, mm-hmm. coincidentally. Another guy called Diego Rossi, who I think got a deal with a yeah. Serie right B back. team. Yeah. He was so, it, I mean, the results CFC. are there. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely really excited. Um, you know, it, it's something that we're going to start. We've been working on, and, you know, we've already made an announcement. We've signed one of our players from the USL team to the MLS Next Pro contract, Christopher Jaime, someone who was with us a lot last year and has featured a lot this year. So to continue to see his progression in the organization, someone that Max had called, Brian Moyato, some other guys in the academy really excited about to bring up and give them these opportunities to play in these matches. I mean, again, it's, a, it's another test. It's taking these guys who have been with our U16s, U17s, U19s, and trying to put them in, a, in, a, in an environment to push them even more. So, I mean, and hats off to, you know, to John, Will, Marco, uh, all the academy staff. And, you know, it, it's going to be a fun season to, to really watch these guys and get them going. Is this where you feel the academy really finally does connect to the first team? I mean, we, we've been talking about that for a while, and that this was the, uh, this was the plan all along, yep. to start from the lower levels and get it up. And, and people are still wondering, even though there's been now four players signed from the academy, people are like, it's done. And I'm like, eh, four players is not a lot. So I feel like... We're still got a little ways to go before we can actually really consider the academy connected to the pro. Yeah, again, similar to to how the USL is our partnership with the USL team to the first team is that bridge there for those guys who are uh, on those um, are the, on those homegrown deals. Um, it, it is. It's another bridge to, to uh, attach the academy up into the first team and, again, trying to push these guys and trying to develop them uh, into, into professionals and start getting their feet wet in the professional environment. Other than long bus rides, being local uh, is going to open up a whole new world, and it's all about kind of finding those great Los Angelino talents, which we all know are there and have many have excelled here before LAFC arrived. But being local, having games locally, being able to connect the dots across the board where if Steve Chirunlo, you wanted, wanted to see one of these young players, he has much easier access. What excites you the most about all, the great those days at Las Vegas Lights? I know you'll miss them. But to be able to uh, those those bus rides that you'll be able to uh, to really lock in on the, the local side. Yeah, it's just gonna you know we're still finalizing our stadium venues. I can say that we're gonna be playing somewhere in LA County, 
So that's big news there. A lot uh, of people want to go to those games. And they will be able to attend. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So that that's going to be a big thing is, again, it, it's trying to get more eyes on these players. And, yes, it's it's a lot harder for, you know, Steve Trundolo, if we're kicking off at 7 p.m. and the first team's kicking off at 7.30 p.m. to get his eyes on the game. Obviously, you can watch it in video afterwards. But it is good to be there in person to watch these guys. You get a different feel for it. And so not only for the executive staff and the um, – you know, the rest of the first team staff, but even for the academy staff to come out and watch these games, to see these players that they've been with since such a young age and to continue with their development, for the fans to see them, you know, it's going to be really great, and that's something we're really looking forward to for uh, 2023. Yeah, I think, I mean, the fans have embraced the academy wholeheartedly, and they show up to those games in mass. I mean, they're well attended, more so than most academies, I think, and then I think just this next level, because there are a lot of people that want to, as Max said, Find that next young it's a, it's player most, from Los Angeles. It's like, one of the most exciting parts of yeah. watching this sport. And if you go on Twitter, there's like a feeding frenzy for everyone that wants, oh, I saw so-and-so, 16-year-old player playing over there in Reno, what have you. And there is some clout to that. And it's fun because there's also not only a pipeline to your club, but a pipeline to a national team, whether it's USA or Mexico or what have you. That is, Knowledge is power. Yeah, and again, it's a, it's a big part of the – what will be the identity of the MLS Next Pro team or, you know, the, 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 the league is called Major League Soccer Next Pro. Like, these are the guys that we are identifying and bringing in and giving those opportunities to become the next first-team professionals. And so to really get, you know, seen within the organization, it, it's going to be really fun. And, and, yeah, a lot of work for our, our scouting department to do to identify these guys, but not only scouting, but, again, hats off to our, acad our academy staff for to, to take these guys from a young age and to develop them into MLS Next Pro players and first team players, you know, it's, it's a real team uh, behind the team. So, Well, if you're looking for the next great LAFC star, that's probably the guy to ask. Are so, you pointing at me again? No, not. Oh, sorry. Mitchell's probably good. If, if anyone's going to know before uh, Max and I, it's probably going to be this guy. So yeah, thank us, you for joining us. Give us some inside the Beltway info real quick. I can't <laughs> give any specific names, but we have a lot of young, exciting guys coming up through the academy and our, you know, our, some guys on our U19s and down to our U17s and U16s and so on. So I'm, I'm really excited to to work on to this project you know, with our coaching staff and the academy staff and bring these guys on. It, it's going to be a very fun team to watch. So. It's it's uh, 2023. Mark your calendars. So how was it for you? You finally got on the podcast. It's like everything you thought it would be. Yeah, it's been great. A little nervous. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget your gift bag. Oh uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Paul told me it's at the front yeah. desk. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Again, you've made my bus rides to Vegas really easy. Aww. So I've I've sent them videos before of listening to the pod while watching training sessions, and uh, you know I'm, I just feel now I'm I, I'm at peace. You come full circle. He's not going to listen great. to us anymore now. He's yeah. on that, that that bus. I got one more podcast to listen to, which is this one. Yeah, what did we do? <laughs> I do. We just burned one, have one to more listener. the podcast somewhere. Hopefully it's yeah. some plane rides or something. But Mitchell Monahan joining us here, the assistant GM for the Las Vegas Lights. Check them out this weekend as they go for a USL playoffs. So if they can make it, that's a barrel of fun to see the team in the playoffs. You get them in both cases because those are our kids. Those are our guys that are playing there. Rate, review, download, subscribe. Inside LFC Max and Vince Podcast. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out where all podcasts are available. And we'll be back getting ready for the postseason next week. Bye-bye. Oh, yes! They knocked on the door!